Welcome to the Humanizing Work Show podcast, where we dig into topics large and small related to our mission, making work more fit for humans and all of us humans more capable of doing great work. You can learn more about humanizing work and the Humanizing Work Company at humanizingwork.com. Welcome to the Humanizing Work Mailbag, where we answer questions from the Humanizing Work community. If you have a question you'd like us to address, send an email to mailbag at humanizingwork.com and we'll see if we've got a good answer for you. Peter's on vacation at the time of this recording, so this will be a solo mailbag episode. So today's question is from a friend of mine in the nonprofit world. He'd encountered a template for creating a user guide for working with me. And he reached out to ask if that concept was used in the business world. And if so, how does it work out in practice? First off, before I directly answer the question, let's clarify what we're talking about for those who haven't encountered it. The user manual or user guide for working with me is a document you create to share with your colleagues some info about your work style and your preferences. It makes explicit things that are often implicit and often misunderstood and misinterpreted. The details vary with the many templates out in the world, but this kind of document usually includes answers to things like, how would you describe your communication style? What motivates you? What are your best times to collaborate? How do you like to receive feedback? What do you need from others, etc.? I'm not sure when this started, but I first encountered this idea in the early 2000s, and I've seen it pop back into prominence in business media and social media every two or three years since. I've also seen a handful of our clients over the years try it on their teams. I think there's a great idea at the core of this about being transparent with your colleagues about what's going on inside you that they're not likely to know about. Unless we talk about it, for example, you may not know that I'm most productive for individual work like writing in the mornings, and I prefer to avoid morning meetings if I can. You might not realize that when I think out loud about the problems I see with an idea, I'm not trying to shoot it down, but rather thinking out loud about how to make it work. So making those kind of implicit things explicit can be really valuable. That said, I've seen three issues with these personal user manuals in practice among my clients when they've tried them across a whole team, for example. Number one, it's hard to know what things are actually important to share with your colleagues. Since all the things you know about yourself are pretty obvious to you, the cognitive bias called the curse of knowledge makes it hard to reason about what's important and non-obvious to others. It's hard to imagine not knowing what you know about yourself. I actually bumped into this a moment ago when I was trying to think of what are a couple examples about myself that I could share here. Second, it's actually hard to know yourself accurately. So even if you can think of what to write, what you write in a personal user manual might actually be wrong or incomplete in important ways. You may say you want people to give you constructive feedback right away so you can improve, because that seems like a thing you should want. But when it actually happens, you might not respond well. Third, and I think most important, there's an implicit assumption in creating this sort of document that once you enumerate these facts and needs about yourself, that you can expect other people to comply with them. And moreover, that people complying with them is the right thing for your team. I've seen caveats about this in articles on the topic, but to me, it's the glaring structural issue with the whole thing. 
what goes in these documents really isn't on its own an agreement that this is what I need and you agree to give it to me because it's the right thing to do. Rather, it's really an intermediate step towards agreements on a team about how we're going to work together. We should definitely be explicit about our preferences and about our needs. Then we should combine that information with other information about, um, for example, what makes teams effective in general. There's a lot of research on that. And what's the purpose of our team? What are the constraints around our particular team? And then out of all that data that we pull together, we should form working agreements for what we're actually going to do to collaborate effectively as a team. And it may not perfectly align, probably won't perfectly align with every one of our preferences on our team. We're going to give and take in various ways to have a healthy and effective team. So with our clients, we'll sometimes use questions like the ones that are on the personal user manual templates as input to a team working agreement session. But we pretty much never use them as final artifacts because we don't think they're very effective in that way. If you enjoyed this episode and want more content like this, the best thing you can do is subscribe to the podcast and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. We'd also love it if you shared the podcast with friends, family, and coworkers who you think might benefit from learning more about how to make work more fit for humans and humans more capable of doing great work. If you want help humanizing your work, you can find out more about our products and services at humanizingwork.com. We spend so much of our lives working, so let's make that investment meaningful for us and for all the people connected to it.